0: Isaac, welcome back to the fight. How you doing, man? Good. How are you doing? I am doing great. Living the dream. As we speak, I got my video guy, Logan, here doing some stuff, setting some things up for some shoots we're doing after this. I've got my outdoor living company is fixing my front yard water feature. I've got the guy coming to repair my grill. This in between in a two hour window here today. i got a lot going on, man. I, I had, yeah. I had my weed people out this morning. Like it's spring, man. Yeah. <laughs> you got know the important stuff happening if you got the grill. That's right. I, apparently I, I had it too hot and it burned the starter. So I, I screwed it up because I think I turned it on and then I walked away for a while and I came while well, it was heating up and I, I damaged it. It's, it's on me. Everything's yeah. our fault, right? Like we were talking before we hit record here. So yeah, to catch you guys that we were just talking about business and growth and this and that. And I said, we had some hiccups now and then in the fight and they can all be traced back to me. So
1: (laughs) it's always, it's
0: always leadership, man. It is. It is. And it's, of course. course. Yeah. But so what you, man, it's been probably a couple of years since you you were on at least, I think. And what, what's going on with you and busy, busy, man, fill
1: us in. It's it's been going fantastic, you know. The last couple of years have been probably some of our best years, you know. Even even since COVID, we we've, we've probably done best since then. And I think you know a lot of that's because a lot more people got familiar with doing web conferencing, mm-hmm. so it allowed us to to communicate with contractors better because a lot of them just kind of got st- you know online, starting to do web conferencing. So I think that helped us a lot. Yeah, but we've we've always been growing steady, but since 2020, we've really kind of taken off and, and grown. A lot more aggressively, a lot faster. You know, we've been growing, we're growing rapidly. Right now, we have we have about seventy thousand users across the U.S. and Canada and Australia, and it looks like a little Verizon map, so it's all spread out across the nation. There's there's no state or area that we don't have users in. It's which is pretty fantastic, and so then we're just growing all those all those bases, and it's working really great. And our our retention is good, so our customers seem to be pretty happy. Our retention's mm-hmm. in in top. Top tier category, um, and then overall, we've just continued to expand our ecosystem of services we're offering contractors. So, in addition to the timekeeping, we now have the scheduling and daily reports, and we're offering payroll, and we're even offering a, a benefits program where they get more of an affordable. We've partnered with a company that's doing, you know, benefits that allow them to do medical dental, et cetera, and also HSA stuff that that's got a unique nuance on it for the construction industry. So,
0: mm-hmm.
1: we're doing that, and then you know, is continuing to solve, solve problems, you know, just t- letting our customers take us different directions as far as what we're focusing on. And, and it's going really good. It's going great. It's all businesses, right? Solving problems. Yep. If, if you just boil it down,
0: it's, it's that some old friend and mentor and really successful business owner that I know used to say that all the time, like it, every time he got on stage, he's like, we're just here to solve problems, you know? So it's, so I want to talk about, some things are going on in the world here a little bit, the 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 feeling in the air. But before we do that, I'm curious. Let was talk about being successful as a contractor, right? How how
1: would you define that? Being successful as a contractor. Well, if if you wanted me to give it in one simple statement, I would say you've got your shit in order. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But to clarify that a little bit, you know, obviously we've talked a lot about profit. We've talked a lot about different things. But in my opinion, it's if you have your systems and your culture in order. I think those are mm-hmm. your two pillars to success. You have your systems and culture. Your systems should be helping you manage your profits. So your profits in order. But even if you have your systems dialed in, but you suck, suck at your culture, you're not doing good at your culture. I think, I don't yeah. think you're successful yet. I think you have to have both those pillars. Yeah, And culture yeah. would be in my definition, it's how you're making people feel. Are people Mm -hmm. proud and excited to work for you? Or is it, is it just a job till they find a better opportunity?
0: Yeah, we, we get asked a lot in the fight. How do I build my team? And one of my default answers is usually something around build the type of place somebody would want to be a part of, be the type of person somebody would want to be around of around. And, uh, and I know there's strategies and tactics to recruit and all those other things, but I think it, like you talked about culture, it's just how do people feel when they interact with you? How do they feel when they show up each day? You know, I've, you know, through the years made, made some mistakes. I made assumptions of how people felt and I didn't have conversations and I didn't, you know, just quite frankly, just didn't do my job very well. Right. So, and I think the, the more you grow, the harder it is to rope it in. So I always encourage the newer guys to be thinking about that from day one. you know, or day three eighty five or whatever they're on. And, and so, yeah, I was just curious how how you would answer what it means to be a successful contractor. So there's a, now let me, let me just say this. I, I choose, and I know Isaac, you're the same way. We choose not to participate in a lot of the crap that goes on in the world, right? It doesn't mean things aren't happening. Doesn't mean there's not inflation. Doesn't mean there's, yeah. yeah, Cause those things are happening, but we all have a choice on how we show up. And, and how we view these things. So I want to just throw that out there for people that this is not a conversation of doom and gloom we're about to have. But, you know, I, I choose not to participate in that. I choose to participate or to, to focus on the things I personally have control over. We have control over as a company. But that being said, there's still a lot of, there's a lot of fear in the air. Yes. You know, and uh, you turn on any news channel and it's doom and gloom. And they, which is funny because I was talking to my CEO Neil the other day. I said, I don't see yep. it, man. Cause I drive, I drive around Colorado Springs here and I see 10, 12 new apartment complexes going up. I see new homes going up all over the place, you know? So I, I think, I think the trades, trades are solid right now, man. And like, if you've been paying attention, you've been working on your business and, and dialing in, like you were talking about systems and culture and your numbers and, and working yep. on you, it's pretty hard to not succeed right now, but. So this this term gets thrown around like how to handle uncertain times. <laughs> like, yeah how how do you define uncertain times? Let's start there. Okay, because I know you've been through some
1: things through the years. I have, and um, yeah. Well, yeah. If you look, if you look back to you know anybody that's got a little bit of age on them, you know I'm only forty five, but if you've got a little bit of age on you, you remember two thousand and eight, mm-hmm. and so it, it was a really tough time, and and the, the uncertainty, the problem was at least in, in my world was when the banks start started pulling funding, then the projects weren't getting funded and therefore everybody brought them to a halt, right? Yeah. And that and so we we stopped most of most work. You know, a lot of people were laid off. There was a lot of lot of challenges that happened. And that sounds pretty bad. And it was and it felt pretty bad. Okay. But but if you look at the analytics on it, about fifty percent of people continued to work. Fifty maybe more, I think, I think might have even been closer in the 60 range. Okay. Yeah. And the reason I bring that up is when you look at yourself as an organization, are, are you in the top 50%? Are you in the top 60%? You know, because like you said, if you're, if you're, if you're batting down your hatches, if you're keeping your business, your ship in order, the times will be tough, but you'll survive them. You know, yeah. you'll, you'll survive them. There's been many, many downturns that we've gone through that a lot of us didn't even, you know, for lack of a better, I, I, I'm pointing to myself here. Okay. Not anybody else. But for lack of a better phrase, I wasn't smart enough to know we were in a downturn. You know, Mm, I just, yeah, I just work, I just work, was working hard and just working through it. And it's just dealing with the problems that come at you day to day and handling them and working through them. And sometimes prices were high, sometimes prices were low. But to me, the key is when you're in uncertain times is knowing your stuff. Like we've talked about Mm -hmm. before. If, if, if I have a certain margin, let's say I have a 25% margin on, on the work I do or you know, mm-hmm. I, I know you advocate for certain margins. And, sure. And I'm I'm sorry, it's been too long for me to remember the exact margins you tell me. Yeah, it's, it, it's 50, but that's yeah. right. You know, whatever you want to yeah. use for your example is cool. And 50 is, you know, let's say that's gross margin. And, and then let's say you, mm-hmm. when I say 25%, I'm saying net, like you yeah. end up with 25% profit, okay? Okay, if you know what those margins are, then you know what your flexibility is if times get tight. You know where you can flex, you know how you can go. The dangerous thing is when you don't know those numbers and you just start letting the circumstances around you dictate your life and people say, mm-hmm. well, this is all the money there is in it. And you say, well, I guess I'll take that because that's all it is. Right. And so you don't quite comprehend the consequences. If you're going to take a project and you're going to lose money on it, you should at least know that and be able to admit that you're going to do that and and know it up front. And I'm not saying you should. I'm just saying you should at very least know your numbers well enough that you're making conscious decisions. I I don't ever advocate any environment where people say, Oh, things just happened to me. I think Mm -hmm. you should be controlling your environment, whatever the situation is. I don't, I don't care if it is a downturn, you should be in control.
0: Yeah. And math, math scares a lot of contractors, right? Like they, they, they have a lot of confusion around what it means to know their numbers and yeah, And I think the key is what I love what you said a minute ago is during the last time you, you kind of weren't paying attention, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you know, which, which is, I think good in some ways that you weren't paying attention yeah. to the noise and, and, uh, and the, and the fear and, yep. you know, cause the reality is, you know, just like you said, 50% of the people were working. There's also always a number of people, clients Right, prospects, whatever we want to call it, that yep. they're doing stuff. They're always going to spend money, no matter what's going on in the economy. And so I think, yeah, you know, telling yourself a different story that man, there's plenty of people out there that would hire us at our rates. Yes. I I actually found during the 08 thing, we weathered through. We not that we're going to go into a deep dive on math and break even and all that stuff right now, but like I actually we got through it because we raised our prices, you nice. know, and because I just figured we have less at bats you know residential painting at the time you know so it was like we have less leads coming in so that meant we had less project if we're selling just call it 50% of the leads right if you're yeah. selling 50% of the leads and you get you used to 10 leads a week now you got five you have less jobs to recover your break even and not go negative right and yeah. so our whole goal through the the 08 thing was just to get through it without going into debt we just wanted yeah. to live just stay alive and and we did and, and, and we actually made money, you know, with that. So that's, but that we were only able to do that because we understood our numbers. We understood what it took to break even and stuff. So yes. what's, I mean, I, I know you've, you've been through the ringer in business, you know, I know yeah. there was an article recently in January about you out there that uh, I, I saw online a couple of days ago where you had, you had a choice to make between paying credit cards and yep. paying the mortgage. Right and then it became mortgage way. and food and stuff like that what what are some lessons from all that that you've you've taken with you and brought to now that
1: have made you stronger now to be able to handle anything yeah that that that's a deep question and a good question so in that case in that particular case, I was in the excavation industry okay mm-hmm. this was o a and The mistake we made is we'd paid, we'd paid all of our equipment down. So I had a couple million dollars in equity equipment. I paid them off about 90%. And when, and when the work all dried up in the area that we were in in, entirely, and we still had payments on these pieces of equipment, we ended up having to let them go back to the bank for the 10 cents on the dollar we'd paid them down to. So because we'd paid them down and not paid them off. Mm -hmm. I realized like, like today in our business, we try to keep 75% of our equipment paid for and, and we only leverage about 25%, you know? Mm -hmm. So we keep that, we keep their, you know, a ratio of paid for assets versus assets that are not paid for. And one of my friends said it best, which is if I'm going to go broke, I'm going to do it at home, drinking a beer, not, not going out paying, paying people money to work on their job sites. Right. And so we try now, that one of the lessons learned is we try now to, to always have a certain amount of rainy day fund or ability to ability to, to manage yourself through a storm where you don't make any panic decisions. Like in, in that case, mm. it, wasn't, it wasn't even our decision, but, you know, here we, we had all this work booked. You know, we had $9 million worth of work, work booked for the next year. And all of a sudden it was all gone just overnight. Mm. And so at the time, our payments that we had were reasonable based on our work. But when our work shifted, these payments were no longer reasonable and we weren't able to handle them. And so we lost everything kind of really in, in short time. And I guess the point to that is kind of like many other things, if we could have just parked those assets and let them sit, they, they regained their value later. They came back, you know. We just needed to not have payments on every one of them so that it put us in a compromised position. So from then till now, I make sure I have a a balance of things paid for versus leverage. Yeah. And so even, even though people say, Hey, you should be leveraged to the, to the hill, I'm a little more conservative than that. I, I try to, I try to put a balance. I don't pay for everything, but I also don't leverage everything. I
0: like that. What, what were some of the, what are some of the maybe mental lessons or advice you have for somebody who might be listening to the news too much right now, you know, and maybe they're feeling some of the reality here and there right you know let's let's yeah. acknowledge that you know what, what how did you how do you approach times like this mentally
1: that that's a great question i would say the first thing is you you've got to be careful not to listen to fear too much because mm-hmm. fear is not profitable it's it's like for example one 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 advisor, and I'm forgetting the book that said this, they said, pay a little bit of attention to your competition, but not too much attention. Yeah. Because if you pay too much attention to your competition, you're always worried about what they're doing rather than worried about what you're doing. And and there was a great example of this in one of the Olympic swim, one mm-hmm. of the Olympic yeah. swimming meets where the one swimmer's looking at the other swimmer and the winner is focused on the goal. Yeah. You know, and the guy who didn't win is looking at the guy that's focused on the goal. And so, mm-hmm. I think you need to be aware of your surroundings and you need to be aware of what's happening. But I think your focus needs to stay on winning and, and not, not to be focused on fear. Because most of the time, if you'll stop, step back, even in today's world and, and look at it and say, okay, let's say the worst thing happens that you can imagine. What actions should I take different in my business life? And... Really boil it down to what are the things I can or can't do about this situation? Acknowledge what you can do and what you can't do and and focus, you know, on doing the things you can do to be more successful. And I know that sounds cliche, but it's true. You know, Mm -hmm. you you need to not pay too much attention to things that you have no ability to impact. Well, it's true for a reason, because it works.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That's right. (laughs) You know, that's why that's why there's certain cliches too, because you know, they're true. And yeah, and if if I recall that swim meet. I think the guy who was looking at his competitor only lost by a few tens,
1: like a couple tenths tens of a second. Like it was such a narrow margin of error or victory. Right. You're you're exactly right. It, it may, you you wonder if he could have won if he had stayed focused on the goal rather than focused on his competitor. Yeah. And sometimes fear is your competitor. I mean, it's just, it's just fear, you know, you like, I don't know. Like, I'll give you, I'll give you a bit of encouragement for your listeners because. Yeah. So I do two things now. I, I have I do busy, busy, and I'm also managing a large development project that does apartment housing and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I can tell you from a perspective of the the developer point of view for the apartment housing, it's not a terrible time to build. Mm-hmm. Okay. The interest rates are high, but you know what was worse than high interest rates? Escalating prices that were escalating month over month and year over year that we couldn't predict. And so mm-hmm. when when things are kind of stabilizing, and at least we can now predict what we're doing, we're not feeling like pulling back on building. We're feeling like moving forward on building. We're like feeling like moving forward on construction. Because there's still a housing demand, people still need to live there. And yeah, you gotta maybe shift the way you're thinking a little bit. Maybe everybody's not gonna get their big dream house mansion, but people still need places to live. Mm-hmm. And so maybe you're going to build some things that are a little more efficient, a little more effective. And I would rather pay a 7% interest rate today than be told that my construction costs are going up 12% a year at minimum, which is what the contractor told me in 20, 2020 or 2021. He's like, no, you're, you know, your $180 million apartment is going up 12% a year. I would rather know what my cost is right now and, and be able to plan and deal with that and so so I feel more like building today than I did in 2021.
0: Oh, well, that's interesting. I like that. That's a that's a great perspective on that too. What what opportunities do you see right now for for the average contractor out there that, you know, that's slinging away, you know, who might need a mind sh- mindset shift, right? Like a different or perspective, like just a different perspective, like because some people are like Oh, this is the worst time to start a business
1: or you got to be conservative or whatever it is. Like well, it's, Yeah. It's the best time. I think I think the opportunities are massive. So so personally I similar to what you said you did in 08, how you how you got more money out there. Mm-hmm. Right now is the time to build your business. It's the time to get your business in order and and build your systems, processes and culture and I'll tell you why. Because if you're out there and you're a contractor and and let's say you're a good contractor, which I believe, of course, most of your audience is because they wouldn't be listening to you if they weren't trying to make themselves better. You know, it's immediately puts them in a category if they're trying to improve, right? Mm -hmm. You are in a market where if you will build your systems and culture properly, you can gather up the top talent. You can gather up the A players. You can become the company you've always wanted to be. And you've got a better opportunity to do that than you've ever had because in a in the game that's existed in the last couple of years where there's just tons of money out there and everybody's just running so fast that they're in chaos it's not as clear who the really great contractors are and who the ones that are not so great are but mm-hmm. today it's starting to become more clear so so today's the day to define yourself it's to improve your systems your culture gather up your A players really define yourself as an organization and make sure that in in, in essence you, you are now at the point where Almost by force, you need to work on your business, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's like uh, with salespeople. We'll just use the salespeople
0: example. In good times, everyone's a hero, yeah. right? And it's it's the challenging times that you really determine if you're an order taker or if you're a really good salesperson, right? And right. And what you've built... You know, the the pipeline you've built, the prospecting you've done, all those relationships that you build, your sales skills, the, the, you know, the actual skills of selling jobs or projects, all those have a bigger light shined on them. And I I read this right. and this isn't my terminology. I, I, I've stolen it and I know other people use it too. I just want to be clear that what I find is in a time like this, you, you learn if your sales per team or you as a salesperson are a rainmaker or a rain barrel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, the rain barrel's got its mouth open to the sky going rain in my mouth and the rainmaker is right. going out there and creating the weather. And so it's just that, that different. So back to what you said earlier about opportunities, I think because most people don't know how to handle the time like this, because they, they buy into all the BS that's out there, they paralyze themselves. They don't take the action. They don't stay consistent. They, yep. they focus more, you talked about the swimmers and the competitors, this, they focus more on the other things around them and next to them instead of where they want to go. And so again, if you got a hundred contractors that compete against you in your area, just for easy math, I don't know, I, I would guess that 90 of them are taking their foot off the gas. Yeah. At yeah. least, you that, know, I, and, I agree. Yeah. and playing scared and, and not
1: stepping on the gas and, and, and being on the attack a great time to pull ahead. And, and you and I've talked about these A players before, Mm -hmm. but sometimes, you know, in, in these, in these severe labor markets where you can't hardly hire someone like we've had, people complain all day long, man, I, you know, we make tons of mistakes. We lose tons of profit because we screw shit up all the time. Right now is your time to make money, like gather up the right people, make good money, do stuff right. We all know this. I mean, those of us who have experience, we all know if you get the right people on the job, you're going to make the most money kind of in any market and because these tight markets almost force that situation sometimes you can make more money because you're because you're produ- producing at a high rate and you're not scrunched it up and you're no longer complaining about all the guys you got to babysit because they're not doing too well you're get your A players gathered up this is the time and create create a family create a culture
0: fighters i want to let you know about a special bonus training that is coming to battleground soon and when i say soon i mean real soon it's a topic on everyone's mind right now, and I don't want you to miss this. So be on the lookout in the very near future about this special bonus training that is coming your way only if you are a member of Battleground. So speaking of, because I have been taking some notes through this, of I want to come back to, you've mentioned uh, culture a few times. Yeah. How are you communicating with your company right now? What are they hearing
1: from you? And to to be clear for busy busy is what you're referring to?
0: Yeah, or or any any company. I know you get your hands on a lot of things just as a leader. What what's coming out of your mouth right now because we all know our people are probably consuming what's out there too. Yeah. And there's stories rolling around in their heads.
1: So what what's what's required of of a leader in a time like this? I think, a, I think a leader always needs to be. So if if you think of who, who you want as a leader, you know, you just think of what would I want a leader to be? Mm-hmm. You want the leader to be conscious of what's happening. Okay. Like you want to communicate that you're aware, just like you and I are talking, we're aware of what's happening. You want the leader to be conscious of what's happening, but you also want to know that they're not full of fear and that they have a plan and that they're moving forward towards the plan and the goal. And that's the kind of leader I believe you should be. There's a lot of great, movies that demonstrate this. There's a lot of great, you know, books that talk about this, but as a leader, you need to make sure you're instilling confidence in your team because you can be the prophet that's self-fulfilling. You can self-fulfill the prophecy. Like if you're mm-hmm. going to communicate fear and chaos and talk about the the sky is falling, it's probably going to fall. <laughs> you're probably yeah. going to fall. Yeah. But, but if you can, if you can, you know, communicate that you understand the things that are going on and here's how you're adjusting and dealing with the environment. And here's how the change in environment creates opportunities. Mm -hmm. And here's how we're managing those opportunities. You can put that confidence in your team and allow them to really feel like they've, you know, they've hitched, hitched their wagon to the right horse. You know, you want to make sure they, they know they're in the right place.
0: One of the chapters of my book, I talk about mastering the people game. And not that I've mastered it, <laughs> but <laughs> but it you know i i think i'm I'm okay, but oh, we a yeah. lot of room to grow, but one of the biggest fears that people have is the fear of an unclear future, yep, and so as a leader, that puts it on us to make sure that it, basically that fear generates the need of clarity, and so an example total you know boots on the ground example during the 08 debacle, we we had our weekly, you know, crew leader meetings like we always did. But in those meetings, I started reporting on what we were doing that week for marketing. I, I started telling the crew leaders, like, hey, you know, this is how many leads came in, this is what's going on. My partner at the time was talking about the production schedule and how many weeks or days or whatever we were booked out. And sometimes it was day to day, right? Yeah. But it was, I, I think that kept the core of our of our group together and then that message trickled down into the into the ranks if you want to call it that right that uh, nice. because if we would have been quiet about it even if we were still doing all those things and i i believe there's a lot of people who listen to this they're doing a lot of the right things that they're just not communicating to their team what's going on and so then they're making up stories in their own heads you know when they only see three or four weeks of work on the calendar you know you know maybe they're starting to put an eye on the one ads and thinking about jumping ship or whatever it might be so i just think there's a great point Uh, you know we we have to and and it's funny because you know there's different personality types and you know if you go to the disc profile and all that stuff how people are wired i sometimes i think i'm communicating clearly mm -hmm. and 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 i'm not and you know so i've also learned to go Hey, is this, you know, I'm going to butcher how I say it, but like, Hey, is this meeting your needs? Like, are are you getting enough information from me? Are you, you know, cause some, sometimes people, you know, not sometimes people just want that security. They, they want, and when they hear you show up on a regular basis as a leader saying, Hey, this is the stuff I'm putting on my back and that we're doing and we're implementing and tweaks that we're making. And that builds the confidence that they have in you. And, and that's uncommon in the, in, in the, the trades, right. The
1: general trades world. So it is, it's very uncommon in the trades. I, you know, you know, I know you and I've talked about this before and I don't want to sound negative towards the trades, but any, anyone who is actually making a, an actual attempt to work on their business and improve their business usually stands out quite a bit Mm -hmm. because they're, because they're making a conscious attempt to to do more than working in their business to, but to work on their business. And to me, if, if, you're, I love your point that you need to communicate what you're doing to me, if you're doing that if you're if you're being the leader that is is working on these things and is constantly saying okay what can I do better and if you learn that you're not communicating well with your team from this podcast today, that's great you now you add that to the things you need to do better and you start working on it if you are making those active efforts to try to make your company better, you're probably going to stand out.
0: Yeah. And I, I would flip it too. I would encourage people to lean on your team and don't feel like you got to figure out everything by yourself. Cause I, I'm just thinking back as you're talking, I'm thinking back to, you know, we, like I said, we raised our prices, but we also look, it wasn't just a pricing thing where we, we were going, how can we be more efficient in the field? And so from time to time, we'd get our team together and just go, Hey guy, we took our crew leaders and, and, and just said a six panel door. And we're painting, right? Six panel door, two coats, no crazy prep or nothing. You guys figure out how we could shave off 10 minutes a door. Yeah. Like we would just give them a challenge and, and we would leave the room for 20, 30 minutes and come back and they'd figure out the problem. All right. And so I also want to encourage people like that's good leadership to you guys is it, it gives them a chance to not just check their brain at the door when they come in each day. But, yep. you know, I, I have one, one friend who gargantuan company. And he was telling me the newest guy, lowest guy in the totem pole, some apprentice guy came up with some crazy idea in a company meeting. They ended up implementing it and saved him Like they made him like 3% more efficient. And as you know, that, yeah, that adds up. That's like real money and, and it's money they made without having to go out and get new customers. Cause yeah. it was just sitting right there under their nose. And I, I don't know, I'm going to put you on the spot here, but I mean, how much more revenue, how much more profit percentage of profit, do you think is right under our noses in the average business for the construction industry? Yeah. 25%. And I mean that on a net level on a net level. So, so you got a hundred grand in net on the month and you're saying there's another 25
1: grand there. No, let me, let me butcher the math. Did I butcher that? No, it's just, I might've not said it right. I'm saying if you do a hundred thousand dollars a month, that there's $25,000 net profit available. Okay. So net $25,000, 25% net profit available based on your revenue. And okay. I, I believe that of every industry. I mean, i I'm not of every industry. I'm sorry, every trade within the industry. I believe that we have about 25%. As far as the increase, you know, typically we see, I mean, you, you can tell me better. You better can tell me the, the percentage you're seeing, but I'm saying on a net level, Mm-hmm. It's it seems to wander between five to ten percent, maybe up to fifteen. And I'm I'm saying it should be at least twenty five.
0: So net should be at least twenty five. Just to be clear. Yeah. And and I I love that number. So I want to just I want to do a, a thing here. Let let's say you got a crew of fifteen in the field, and all in labor burden and stuff. You know your forty an hour cost. That's six hundred an hour times, how many hours in a year? 2000, roughly. 2000. All right, we'll go 2000. So you got 1.2 million. And this, this, I'm, I'm going to the how to be more profitable. Not, I'm not yeah. using your net thing here, but like if you could be 5% more efficient in the field mm-hmm. with the systems that you're talking about, and this and that 5%, I mean, that's another 60 grand in net profit. That's right. It's just sitting there waiting for you on efficiencies. And how about that for a segue to have you talk about Busy Busy? <laughs> <laughs> thanks. Yeah.
1: Thanks for the software. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that
0: was like a beach ball coming at you. And you got one of those big
1: bats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's 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 so true though. You know, and Busy, the the average customer of ours that actually engages, and I say it like that because you can buy us and just use us for time tracking and not ever do anything with the data, right? Mm-hmm the average customer that engages increases their net profit by about 30%. And, and so Hmm. let me give a comparison. If you were at 6% net profit, now you can get up to 9%, you know, Mm -hmm. so they can usually increase their net profit by 30%. And that's just engaging them with us at a soft level. If you really utilize, if you dive into the analytics that you get out of busy, busy and work the system, you know, we've seen contractors triple their profits using our system. Hmm. And so, and it's not because we're so great, right? All we're doing is helping them see the data. And then, and then now they're taking this data and they're making decisions that of how to, to fix their business. Like, I'll, I'll give you one data point. Yeah. And you're probably well aware of this. I think the latest numbers I heard was between 32 and 37%. This is nationwide. They figure 32 and 35, between 32 and 37% of the time, labor is not focused on revenue producing activities. Yeah, And so just imagine that you have people that, you know, two thirds of their time, they're producing revenue for you. And if you added another third to that or some percentage, of that third to focus their revenue, how much more money they can make you. Cause, cause this is pure cash. Cause you're already paying their whole salary. Mm-hmm. You're paying their whole salary, you're paying all the time. And in our experience, the reason they're not focused on revenue producing activities is usually uncertain or unclear communication. Like I love that you hit communication because mm-hmm. that's usually the key is, is most people want to, especially A players, you and I have talked about A players, but most people want to succeed. And so having very clearly communicated to them the things that they should be focused on and how to do them successfully so that they produce revenue for you, that, that alone can shift your net margin by tremendous amounts. So how how do we find some of these?
0: How do we avoid the non-revenue activities? At first, what's some examples of non-revenue generating activities? And then what's a a tip you can give to tweak it
1: and flip it? Okay. So if I've got a crew out there, you know, my my background's excavation, right? Mm -hmm. So if I've got all the machines parked and the guys are standing around looking at the plans, trying to figure out what they're supposed to be doing next and what materials they need for it, what parts they need for it. One of the first things I did that when, when I was back running an excavation crew, I was able to pull our margins up to 25% net, net profit on a job site. And so I was running the highest margin crews. And the way I did that was in, in our world, you know, usually the boss would run the nicest machine and kind of manage the job from the machine. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is because we say we can't afford to hire anybody else. So you got to run a machine, right? Yeah. So my nature is very analytical. So as I observed my environment, and growing up in it, I was like, you know what? I don't think this is the best way. And so I put the, the next senior guy on the machine and I started lining out the job and making sure that all decisions were made ahead of the crew, that all parts were gathered, that all things were in place so that the crew just stayed on a high level of throughput. Okay. Yeah. And and just, just that, a conscious effort. And I would the, the comparison I would give it as a coach. I shifted myself from being a player to a coach mm. on the project. And I just started making sure all things were in place to get the crew humming. And I also observed them and said, okay, what if you do this different? What if you do this different? And just continually kept their focus on revenue producing activities. And I did this back, back in my 20s more intuitively rather than today. I've got the research and the data, you know, but, mm-hmm. but our project started coming in at 25% margins. And so, This is some of the key that we talk about at Busy Busy is sometimes you're making 25% on these projects and then you're losing 20% on these projects over here. And and as a company, you're making 5%. You say, great, we're doing good. But you don't know where you're winning or where you're losing. And then you decide to grow and you end up growing in the losing area. And so you start losing money. Hmm. But what you really need to do is get your profit dialed in and your systems dialed in, which I believe includes culture because that's how you get the best players. And, and start gathering up that money that you're talking about that's sitting right in front of you because it, it is there and I believe the industry is full of it. It's it's just, anybody who's, anybody who has experience that's observed construction knows this. There's so much opportunity for improvement.
0: You know, in the, in the you know, carpenters will always tell you, measure twice, cut once. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's what, I'm putting it in language that we speak here in the fight, right? Yep. So guys, what Isaac's talking about is pre-planning. Like yep. having a plan when you go into a job. And I know it sounds ridiculous, but like I'm thinking back, Isaac, to when I, when I first hired a coach 20 something years ago. Yep. He, he taught us the importance of pre planning projects. And we were doing about a 32, 33% gross profit. And within one year, actually within like a couple months, but the next 12 months, rolling 12 months, we were averaging a 52% gross profit, and one of the things that we implemented was a we we got clearer on our scopes of work and expectations of man hours and some things like that. But the other big thing is I mentioned earlier we had weekly production meetings, and then we would we would hold we would be accountable. You'd be accountable in front of your peers and how you brought the job in. But to make it all come together, we we did pre pre-job visits huh? where, and I know different trades are, do things differently. I'm just saying like residential painting was mainly our thing. We would send the crew leader out with the scope of work for a 15 to 20 minute pre-job walk with the customer, walk through, they would kind of do their own takeoff and they would start getting their mind on the job before we ever, the crew ever showed up. So he had a plan to start. Dude, that one thing jumped our gross profit immediately by 10%. I believe right out of the gate. And so when we coach people in the fight, we're always in their ear going, guys, if, if you don't listen to anything else, just do that because it's, it's efficiencies waiting there for you. And, and it also creates a better experience for the customer. They feel like you have a plan when you walk in, you know, and that you're not just winging it like the average contractor does when they show up and they invade your
1: house with the team, you know? Yeah. Oh, I I love it. I love it, Tom. The, The winging it and the confusion, I think is the profit killers of our industry. You know, Mm -hmm. you just, they, they have confusion, they have chaos and it just kills, it just destroys profit. And if you do that thing, like you said, inject some mental clarity there. And, and I love that you put the crew leader's mind on it ahead of time because then it gets him thinking about it. So now you're engaging the greatest resource on the planet, which is the human brain, you know, yeah, getting them to actually engage and think about their project. And, and you just, you're right. You change that one thing. You'll change your profitability massively.
0: Well, like you said earlier, most people want to do good. Yeah. You know, you're people that show up every day, they're not showing up thinking how they can sabotage everything. You know, they want to show up and they wanna win and they wanna know how to win. And, yep. you know, they want to have a little control over their destiny and those types of things. And and so again, I man, a lot of good lessons here. So I'm I wanted to talk a minute about because it's been a couple of years since you've been on. Yeah. And we talked about busy busy and all that stuff. What's new over there, man? Like what, I know you you said you've, you've got some things, you've made some tweaks and things like that over the years. What's new, what's coming, where, um, where can we find you? All that stuff. I'd love for you to take a couple minutes to talk about that.
1: Yeah. So I'll try to just summarize it real quick as far so your, so your listeners know what Busy Busy is, but Busy Busy is focused on, on job site intelligence and job site communication. And I, I know that. You know, saying job site intelligence might seem like a foreign way to say it, but basically all the data that comes from your job site, we're, we're focused on helping you collect that data. And so we we start with time tracking because that's the one thing you, you must do so you can pay your payroll. So we help you track the time that your guys are spending and what project or task they're spending it on. So at the least level, you know how much time people have spent and what they've spent their work doing so that you can compare that with your estimate and find out if you've... Mm-hmm. If you've, you know, estimated properly and and also having that insight starts helping you see what's going on. And and there's a whole lot of nuances to that once you have that insight. But in addition to that, we give them the ability to do notes and photos and even report some of the new stuff is report what they've accomplished, you know, how much revenue producing activities they've accomplished in a day. We give them the the ability to sign off, you know, for safety and for non-injury, all the things in the field data. And then we give you the ability to consolidate that into a daily report. And so it can be consolidating this nice PDF report that shows you what the weather was and what happened on the day, who was working, what got accomplished. Hmm. And Busy automates all of that for you because all your people can be each contributing their time and their notes and their photos and what they're doing. And Busy will pull it together as a crew and just give you an automated report for it. So it makes it super simple. And then in addition to that, we give you the ability to schedule your crews, so you can even schedule them, what they're doing, when they're supposed to be there. And if they if they hit according to their schedule, they don't even have to worry about assigning the project they're working on. They can just clock right into their schedule. You know, I'm here, I'm doing it. And that's, that's a lot of what we've been working on. And in addition to that, we are now giving you the ability to process payroll. We've teamed up with a, a great payroll provider so that people can process payroll through Busy Busy. And also we are selling benefits for, for medical medical, dental HSA type benefits that are really targeted for the construction industry and they're more affordable. And in many ways, they're, you know, depending on the state you're living in, they also help keep you in compliance, you know, for the, like California, different states still have the ACA compliance. And so we give them affordable packages to keep them compliant. So overall, we're just continuing to go down that road of, of just helping contractors see get their data and see where they're making money and where they're not making money and try to help show them and make it more clear on the job site. We call it job site intelligence because honestly, that's where we are. Like that's where the work is done in the construction industry is on the job site. And that's the data that you want. And so on the, on the least level it's time tracking. The affordability is pretty easy. And by the way, I'm missing, you know, if, if my sales team was on here, they'd tell you, I'm missing a few of these new features we've come out lately, but, Daily project reports has been a big thing. But anyway, we give them the ability, they can engage with the product either for free, which basically just replaces their paper time cards, mm-hmm. or they can pay for it, which gives them all the data and all the stuff I've been talking about. We have a $10 a month per employee package or a $14 a month per employee package, depending on whether you want the the pro level or the premium level. And so so far... Our retention is fantastic. You know, most of our customers that engage, they stay engaged, which is a good sign. And, and they make money. That's the big deal is on average, people that engage with Busy Busy and use the product increase their profits by 30%. Some people do a lot better than that. Like we, we have some customers, they, they're paying us like $4,800 a year and they increase their profit margin by a million a year. just Just using the system.
0: Yeah, in case anyone's confused,
1: that's really good. <laughs> <laughs> and it and and it's yeah. it's not that busy busy, you know, made them a million dollars more a year. I mean, what we did is we showed them their data. And so then they made decisions. And so it's it's really like any other tool. If you engage with it, you're gonna make more money. You you know, your ROI on busy is amazing. You're you're going to make more money if you barely even think about it. But if you actually engage with it, you can make you know a hundred times what you pay for using it.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's like any tool, right? If you if you use if you don't use your hammer, it does you no good. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So <laughs> that's right. You you got to use it. And uh, and I I know we've been we've been a fan of yours a long time, man. Because this is this is really needed. And what you've done is you've made it easy for people to to really start to understand and know their numbers. That's you right, know, that, and those things that are that are going to
1: really move the net profit needle. That's one. Of, that's one of the biggest compliments we usually get is that we've made it easy. You know, busy busy is made for contractors. We, you know, I am a contractor, so we we understand that when you're engaging with our app, you might be covered in dirt and grime. Yeah, and you and <laughs> so you all probably hear my chihuahua barking right now. So <laughs> yeah, you, there's
0: yeah, because this is uh, this is just what happens whenever I record. The dog decides to bark because a leaf blows by the house or something. So. Anyone um, want a chihuahua? Anyone? Just yeah. email help the contractor fight. So uh, guys go to the contractorfight.com forward slash busy. If you go, if you're on our website, you go into resources, there's a link there too to check out Isaac's company and, and this and that. But Isaac, as we wrap up, man, what's the, the floor is yours, man. What you got, you know, you got tens of thousands of contractors listening to you right now. What do you want to tell them? What's on your mind that we haven't uh, talked
1: about? Yeah. Good. That's a, that's a good question. So tens of thousands of contractors. Okay. Well, we've, we've talked about it and I guess I'm just going to reiterate it. Today is the day to get your business in order. Like literally I can't say this enough. You should work on your business and get your systems and processes in order and your culture in order. If, if you would like help, we can help you. We set it up real easy. We even have people that will help you onboard and put these systems in order so they can help you. So it's not scary. Mm-hmm. Uh, but today is the day to get your systems in order, and then you're going to be more comfortable. And and I've I've said this before, but also, this is part of loving yourself. Like if if you're in chaos, mm-hmm. your brain is always in chaos. If you yeah. put your systems in order, you'll you'll chill out better. You know, you'll be able to have that beer at the end of the day. You might say and just know that the things are in order. And so again, in in today's times, I would just recommend that you you get your stuff in order. There's no better time to do it. It'll give you a lot of confidence and a lot of surety and, and you won't regret it because it's, it's the most important thing you can do. Our website's busybusy.com, B-U-S-Y, B-U-S-Y.com. That's where you can find us. And of course, the Contractor Fight, You know, if you come to our website directly, please let us know that you came through the Contractor Fight or go to the Contractor Fight directly because we have a, you know, a special discount for you on going through the Contractor Fight. So we need to know that so we can take care of you that way. Yeah. Don't be afraid. This is a great market to be in. You might make more profit now than ever. If you have the right mentality.
0: Mm-hmm. hundred percent, man. Well said. Well, as always, it's great chatting with you and picking your brain. And I, I always learn something whenever we connect and man, I appreciate you being a part of the the fight here today. And yeah. uh, you got it, man, guys, go to the dot forward slash busy, share this with another contractor. Uh, if you're an employee, share this with your boss and tell him to check out busy busy and just go hey boss i got a way to make more money for you man and and his ears will perk up so all right with that isaac appreciate you man you guys rock we gotta roll we're out okay thank you